Hello, and welcome to Wonder Slut. This is Rebecca Crosby. I am sitting here on a Saturday morning. I popped out of bed this morning, and I thought about all the exciting things that I get to do today. So here I am. Um, I got a text message to uh, that requested me to take down my podcast that I recorded with this person and um he was also taking his down off of his platform and he said he did not agree with some of the things that I was saying and um it was interesting I I wasn't upset I just felt like okay I need to pause and pay attention to this because now whether I pivot or not based on this information is irrelevant I need to do whatever I feel is in my heart. And so I texted my next guest, who is also a man, and I uh, told him what happened, and I asked him if he would, you know, really do a deep dive into my content before agreeing to come on so we don't waste each other's time. And um, his response was so beautiful. Um, He said, what is life if you are not okay with being uncomfortable? And this has, that thought has kind of sent me into this other world of what can I do? I don't want to be the angry feminist, right? That's not my goal. I actually like men just fine. Um, I just enjoy pointing out things that are unjust and things that perhaps we need to consider. Um, and so I think the way to do that is to interview more men, right wing, left wing. I don't give a shit. I want us all to come to the table and be able to have conversations that are important in changing our perspectives and making us uncomfortable. So this is Dr. Cole Herzig. Hello. Welcome to Wonder Slut. I am uh, talking to Dr. Cole Herzig. Am I saying your name right? That's perfect. Okay. You're not on video yet. I haven't like gotten that sophisticated yet. So it's just your voice. <laughs> okay. No I can only see you right now, but. Perfect. Okay. So Cole and I met at this dental conference this past weekend in Savannah. Cole, you live in Florida, right? I do. I live in Vero Beach, Florida. Okay. And the reason I thought you would be a good guest is you said you had a podcast called The Man. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I did just recently create a podcast out of an idea that I've recently had that we as men are not given a user manual, if you will. Um, We are given a user manual on our basic language structure in English that we're speaking here today. We're given 26 letters that never change. We're given consonants, we're given syllables, we're given vowel sounds, all these different things. That never changes. However, as being a man, we're not given a basic guidebook or instruction manual to follow along along the way of this is how you're supposed to do this. And this works for John, this works for Cole, this works for Michael, this works for Scott. That doesn't work that way. Every man's journey and path along the way is different. However, there are certain men that have gone through things that can be great mentors or tools to help motivate and inspire some other men that might go through some things along their path so that they either don't make those same mistakes, they are in a better position because of it, or they find somebody that can help to give them a little bit more of a basic structure of how they should follow along their life so that they can be good men in society. Okay, and what does that mean to you, good men in society? Good men in society, great that you ask that. I think that's going to have a lot of different definitions for a lot of different people. There's my PC um, toe-the-line political answer to that question, but my specific why for myself of what a good man looks like is somebody that, and this will touch on also why I highlight certain individuals on my podcast. I think being a good man doesn't have one definition. I think there's a a couple different layers to that, right? I think being a good man, if you happen to like women and you want a wife, I think being a good man is your wife is your partner and she's your all. She's the person that you talk about. I've met some amazing men this year that it is inspiring to hear how they talk about their partner, how they champion their partner. They look at that person with respect. 
they say that's the most beautiful person they've ever met and they wholeheartedly believe that and you as an individual can feel that. Um, they look at their children. They invest all their time in their children. They don't bury their nose in their work and they actually prioritize family time, even if it means accepting less of a pay. Because at the end of the day as well, their children are part of their life and are part of their world. Their work isn't. Their work is just something they do as a means to finance and facilitate their life. But their life is their family. What they do on the weekends, who's with them at 2, 3 in the morning when they're sick and they're, who are you taking care of? You're taking care of your children. Who has important speaking engagements at school and soccer practices and soccer games and things that you want to go to that for them and their young minds that are very malleable and being formed and they're developing their experiences, who should be there for them? The people that they look up to and the people that are their mentors right now before they've formed other mentors. So for me, that's another piece. Another aspect is also... Um, you know, my, how I'm being viewed in society, as far as what I'm leaving behind as a legacy, what's my legacy that I made a lot of money and I died and that's it. Or did I leave an impact? Did I make the world a better place in some way, even if it's such a small way that to a lot of people might be insignificant, but at least to a couple people, it might've made a difference or changed their life in some way. So that goes back. This to is, Go ahead. Sorry. This is my little man. Hello there. <laughs> I like your glasses. <laughs> he can't hear you. You're on my headset, but okay. what do you need, honey? I'm sorry. Give me a minute. Okay. Continue. So, no, I think another piece, too, that's important. We talked about, you know, legacy, how you view your partner, how you are with your children. I think another piece that makes a man a man is that they can be vulnerable as well. Um that we're not all just rough, tough around the edges and we're not able to, you know, stand around and share vulnerability. Hey, maybe even get emotional at times um, and actively have conversations with other people about things that are important to us rather than just hold everything on the inside. I think that's another thing. We even talked about that this past weekend at the conference. I see it all the time and you've seen it in your life as well. You see men just kind of standing around doing nonchalant chit chat. They really don't know how to connect and speak with one another because there's this like maybe like male bravado or ego thing behind people's actions like, oh, I can't like chit chat or I can't talk about deep subjects or topics and encounter it a lot with other men that I meet along the way. They can talk about surface level stuff that's meaningless and really truly carries no weight. But then when you come to bring up like a an edgy topic or a touchy subject or something that would make them stereotypically uncomfortable they pull back and there's no communication or they're argumentative or there's a problem. So I find it really refreshing when I meet other men that we can talk about uncomfortable things or we can, you know, like talk about a topic, a weak point in them, themselves, their own selves, highlight something. How often, how often does that happen? Like how often do you actually meet men that are able to go there with you? You know, honestly, prior to the past year and a half, not very often. I think also because of that double-edged sword. Part of it is who I was allowing into my life. I was surrounding myself with, because again, accountability. I'm holding my own self accountable. I was surrounding myself with men that I thought were going to be like more of my people, but they were not my people because we couldn't have those conversations. And I learned that very quickly, but I was surrounding myself with a lot of those people. And I myself is one of those people that's not like that, that likes to actually share and get deep and open. I was able to see through that. But I needed to almost also like check myself and be like, okay, well, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I was doing that same thing over and over again and having these like lukewarm relationships, if you will, with other guys and realizing, eh, you know, like what's the, what's the root source cause here? So to answer your question, it's really just been in like the last year and a half to two years, I started to meet more. I would say one out of every four men that I have a genuine deep convert like solid conversation with will be to that level because also i think also too it's about the energy that you put out there i don't put mm -hmm. out energy around me of like oh i just like to not share my own feelings i'm a man's man and i can't have a, a genuine conversation like i big on eye contact sure. i don't do people that don't do eye contact i really enjoy like if we're speaking I'm listening to you and not listening doesn't just mean with my ears. Like I'm looking at you. I'm seeing how things resonate with you. I'm seeing, am I on a touchy subject for you? What's your body language? Like, what are you trying to convey or tell me? Even if you're not saying it with your mouth, what are your eyes and your body language? What, what's being truly said here? What's the subject? 
next if you were behind the conversation. Do you think, um, okay, so tell me a little bit about you. Like, what's your sign? Okay, I'm a Pisces. You're a Pisces, so you're a water sign. So, okay, that is conducive to like having emotional conversations with other people. Yes. Are you the one that's that's initiating these these uh, conversations of death, or is it? I think I think the I men was, that you're responding to. I was more so before. I think now I am allowing myself it to be more fifty fifty. And honestly, I'm trying to gravitate more towards being the listener, being a lot more passive, because I feel like that's another thing that has led me to where I'm at now in my own journey and my own personal why, if you will, is that I've for far too long um, allowed other people to dictate the situation or to dictate my path and my happiness. Uh, and my why that my true why is to help other people and for other people to influence me in a way that influences other people to be better. So I feel like sure. I've been on everybody else's journey kind of along the way, so to speak. So for me to truly write my own journey, I need to actually speak less, which is that seems counterintuitive. But in a way, I need to be able to actively listen more to be a better human being, because I thought before you know, I need to speak my mind, use my voice and, you know, try to control the situation. But there are some things that are out of your control. People are out of your control. I think the biggest thing is if I'm going to be a better human being, I need to listen more than I actually speak so that the words that I do say are a lot more meaningful and I can make a lot more impact with what I do say. For sure. Makes total sense. Um, I talk a lot. <laughs> but I do listen. I'm a great listener, but that that has taken practice to actually be present with someone and feel their like vibes and their energy and all of that matters. I can't tell you right? how many previous conversations in the past year and a half I've had where I was talking to somebody and I was listening to their words, but if I wasn't listening with my eyes and the energy and what was going on in the room, I would have just taken the word at face value and been like, that was the conversation. But there are some people that they will give you a whole story or they will give you a whole explanation or a whole example of what's going on in the life with words, but that's not the full picture. It's the picture that they want to paint in that particular moment, maybe because they don't feel comfortable enough with you yet, because maybe they don't feel like you really are listening or you're somebody that would listen to them or they're not ready yet, or they're somebody that is trying to tell themselves that story that they're telling you in that moment. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, or they're uh, like repeating like a past program in their brain. They're, right. they're not even engaging with their own words. Right. Yeah. They're just regurgitating something. Okay. So, and you are a heterosexual, correct? I am. Okay. And how, I mean, tell us a little bit about like your relational experience, if you don't mind. Well, I'd love to hear that that journey also. So I think that's also led me to where I'm at today as well in that the past two years I've had two serious relationships. Um, the most recent relationship being that I actually was engaged. I proposed um, not that long ago actually. We're now in the middle of February and I proposed August the 1st um, because I thought I'd met that person, right? I thought I'd met an important person in my life that okay, this is serious, this is the next step. Um, but being blatantly honest and raw about it, um, that was their want and their need. They needed a proposal. They needed it to be now, the timing to be now. I'm 26, I'll be 27 years old next month. That's not something that I initially thought was going to be along my path along the way. But again, going back to what I said earlier, for the past two years I've been on, I think, a path where based on who I am as a person, I'm very much so a pleaser and I make other people happy. And that's part of my own therapy for myself is to take care of others. Mm -hmm. And I think I was focusing way too much the past two years in my two relationships on taking care of another person and making sure all of their wants and needs and desires and dreams and wishes were all coming true, that I was putting all of my own in the backseat and not so much focusing on those or not focusing all my time and attention. Where, and where I thought that was fulfilling my ultimate goal, which is to take care of other people and make other people happy, I was actually shortchanging myself throughout the process and realizing that I was getting further away from my own truth or my own happiness or my own wants or my reason why I wake up every morning so happy, um, where I thought that instant gratification, some of those relationships with them, some of those things were like going to be my key to long-term happiness. Mm. They weren't. They were very counterproductive. 
And I was with, unfortunately, I hate to say it, two people back to back consistently that are selfish, um, selfish with their own time. Um, and we're not willing to do whatever it takes like I was to making sure the relationship was a partnership. It was a, their way or it wasn't a way. So you felt like it was uh, one-sided? Very much so. Like you're uh, putting more effort into the relationship? Right. Whereas I, the most prime example I can give you is that I was saying, okay, um, this is what would make me happy, but I could be a little bit more flexible and maybe that's not the most important thing and I can compromise. Their perspective was, okay, this is what would make me happy. Anything else is not going to make me happy and we're not doing that. So whereas I'm willing to compromise or come to an agreement or, you know, not be as so happy, they were going to have their way regardless. Whether it was from an argument that we had that made me feel bad about something or it was a... Uh, you know, try to paint a perspective in a different light so that I understood it in a different way and ultimately went along with their decision, but not truly like we're doing on this. We talked about before truly hearing me and like understanding me very much. So this is what I need. So this is what, how it's going to be not like, okay, what do we need? Which I think is super. Important. Do you feel were these, uh, were these women younger? They were like both, in their twenties also older. Oh, they were both older. Um, so I, I feel like women, I, I don't know, I'm speaking from my own experience, but like we have this ability to manipulate men in a way that's a little unhealthy because men are very fluid in, in, their, in their perception of what they want and what's good for them. And they're very eager to follow duty and obligation above their own wants and needs. Right. And they're able to talk themselves into really detrimental things just because they feel like it's their duty. Right. Um, is that a thing? Do you feel like that's a thing for uh, men? Prime example I can only give of myself. I live in Florida. I've lived in Florida almost my entire life. My ex-fiance, I moved to California for her because that was the only path. There was no meet in the middle. There was no move to Florida. I was, I, if this was going to be a thing, I had to move to California, no questions asked, period, but end of, end of conversation. So I moved to California, moved to California. I got my license to practice dentistry out there. We started working together. Um, we got engaged probably sooner than I would have wanted. But again, we were on her path and her journey. She's 10 years, my senior, her biological clock and timeline was a little bit more sped up than my own. But again, just like you said, of out of obligation or feeling like maybe this is what I needed to do or make somebody else's, like I said, wishes and dreams a reality, a possibility, I was more flexible and more go with the flow, if you will. And what was the what was the deciding factor for you? I'm assuming you're the one that ended it. I was. Um, the deciding factor for me was a couple things. Um, I was waking up multiple days for a period of time and not recognizing my own self. I was saying the past couple things that I've done either in my life or different things, I wouldn't have traditionally done them that way. And then I thought, what is the root of why I did them that way? Oh, it's because of this other person. Not because it's what I would have done. It's because I had the thought of, oh, well, if I traditionally acted the way that I would be, I would make that person upset. Even if this is my life and this is who I am. Okay. My, my, like, give me an example of that. Like I'll prime example. Um, I'm very close with my parents, very close with my parents and my family. Um, this individual is not, not very close with their family. They do not have live parents slash close parents. Um, and they're not as close with their family as I am. And they had a problem to a degree with how close I was with my parents, wanted all of my attention 24 seven regardless. Um, and did not like the fact that my family did not like this person which understandably, I can understand that. However, there was no compromise on that. It was, oh, well, your family doesn't like me, so I'm not going to like them. I'm not going to try. Um, I don't think that's the right mindset, and I would always try to instill that, like, you know, things are only going to get better if somebody's the bigger person. When if one or the other person's not the bigger person, how is this ever going to get solved? Um, but that's a whole other topic. But a prime example is, I would do things with my family as far as not communicate with them as much because that would make her happy. Whereas my heart would hurt for it and I wouldn't feel happy about uh, it. I would rather mm -hmm. everything be status quo 
calm on the home front than have daily arguments or problems. I would just rather speak to them when I had my own independent time when she was not around so I could talk to my family rather than instill or spark an argument or something uncomfortable or an interrogation. What did they say? Did they talk badly about me? Did they say this? Did they say that? Um, so that was my different than I would normally do. Or again, that was just a red flag to you and you actually paid attention to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, basic, basic things, you know, um, I don't. I want you to unfollow a bunch of women on social media um, because you don't need any other female attention. Whereas I have, I still to this day don't know phone password, don't know who's following on social media, don't because I trust. I have trust in that and I don't care. My partner is my partner, my person is my person. Naturally, I'm with them because they're beautiful and they're attractive and they're somebody that people are going to want. Otherwise, why would I want them to a degree too? I'm not going to want somebody that other people don't want. That doesn't make any sense. Sure. Somebody that you're with is going to be somebody that's attractive to you. And if they're attractive to you, they've got to be attracted to other people as well. But I'm not giving into that attention. So I would think the same thing of my partner. So another thing like that, like unhealthy, you know, asks about uh, who has attention or your time stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to go and follow a couple hundred people on social media just because you have a problem with that or an yeah, security sure. issue. For sure. So I know you've seen some of my stuff. Um, you know, I was in a, I was in a, an affair right. recently. Um, and just recently I had a, a guy that I did a podcast with and he asked me to take it down because I guess some of my opinions were, uh, not um something that he wanted to align himself with right and i don't know any more details than that but that's why i asked you before you came on this like make sure you're okay with my content because you're going to be aligning with someone even though i love different viewpoints i want to well, have like all the conversations yeah. because i think we can come to the table and be like respectful about it yeah but um what are what are your opinions about that like when you're I know I come across as like man hating and that's not really, that's not my heart. My heart is that I just want men to admit that they have had the upper hand for most of, I mean, our existence in yeah. this country. Oh yeah. No, for and, sure. and to appreciate that women are angry. We're fucking pissed. I mean, yeah. we, we've had to bow down to uh, all of these different rules and regulations that, that served men and not us. Right. And all the things. So do you have any opinions on that topic? You know, I think the best way to take it is, you know, some way that I was initially feeling immediately after this two-year period of a failed long-term relationship and then a failed long-term relationship that ended in an engagement and then ended in an engagement. So I was initially feeling at the end of that, like, how am I going to find a true partner that, we can really be 50 50 and some of these women are all the same and there's there's a lot of women that are selfish and they're all all about me and they don't want to compromise and then i was in a weird headspace of the people that were immediately giving me their attention immediately after my breakup were people that wanted something out of me for one reason or another whether they thought i was attractive or they liked the fact that i was a doctor so they had money and you know, there's that other thing. So I'm I'm going to take it from a different standpoint, a stigma for a man, what some of us feel, especially okay, yes, please. some of us that are successful and some of us that have like a bright future ahead of us. There's a lot of this kind of um, what's in it for me mentality that we seem to find from some of these women. I can only speak for women because I'm, I'm a heterosexual male. So that we I see is that I'm looked at as either a meal ticket. I'm uh, Mr. Friday night, very attractive. I like his attention. Um, but when it comes to something more serious or really getting to know me, that part's missing. They just like the fact that I'm attractive or that I have money and that I'm slash a doctor, but the other stuff they don't really care about, or that's not enticing or appealing. Um, and if I didn't come off as like a muscle bound doctor that's successful and has all of those, th all of those things, I wouldn't be as much of a desire so to speak so there's also that side of the coin too where i was feeling jaded myself in that all these women are kind of all the same they're all looking for either a meal ticket or they're just looking for a nice trophy to go on their arm 
And the same could be said from the women's perspective, right? Because some people say that too. Oh, these men are just- I was going to say that sounds like a woman. Yeah. Some of these women are, they say, oh, the men are just looking for a trophy on their arm. Mm -hmm. I do not want that. I do not like that. I don't care how cute you are. You open your mouth and it's not intellectual. And if we can't talk about stuff, goodbye. I don't, you instantly became a zero. You were a 10, now you're a zero. I'm not interested. Because at the end of the day, that's an added bonus. The fact that you look great, wonderful. That's amazing. But who's in here and who's in your heart, that's the most important piece to me because I want to be able to have a conversation at 3 a.m. in the morning sharing a sandwich with you about stupid stuff or intellectual stuff or I want to talk about hard things or I want to have uh, a really deep conversation because at the end of the day, if I'm in a relationship with these days, I'm not looking for just fun. Like I want to have kids with you. I'm at that point in my life. I'm not looking to just entertain somebody that I can't have an intellectual conversation with. So I'm not interested in talking like, you know, cheap conversation or like moronic immature ideas or I don't know what I want or I'm still trying to find myself or yada 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 all that stuff so yeah that's really my kind of perspective is you know I also so to answer your question I don't I don't feel any certain way about anything honestly anymore because I don't know the full picture without hearing without being able to sit down and hear number one both sides being able to process things myself and understand where people are coming from. Because just like I said in the beginning of this, everybody's story is different. Nobody's path is the exact same. Uh, who am I to say, cookie cutter model, this is how things should be. This is how relationships should be. Whereas, you know, everybody has a, such a different lifestyle. You know, we have people now that not are just heterosexual, people that are bisexual, people that are this, that are that. And who am I to judge their situation? Does it interfere with my happiness? No. So why should I pass judgment upon somebody's relationship or how they live their life? If it ultimately leads them to happiness, it doesn't do anybody harm. It doesn't do me harm. It doesn't get in the way of my happiness. Who am I to comment on it? Live your best life. Be happy. Do whatever makes you happy because that's what I want for anybody and everybody. I have truly no negative intentions or wishes for people ever. I only ever think of those things if people don't treat me that treat me well they treat me poorly then I've even had those converse like thoughts and conversations with people and still to this day I think the thing that I'm learning as I'm getting older is I really don't even wish those people poorly I just wish them out of my life because I'm trying to chase positivity and I'm trying to be happy and I'm trying to focus on what's important and I'm giving far too much of my time to people that are clearly not important or value my happiness So who am I to get in the way of their happiness? And if their happiness is to cause me pain or suffering or to, you know, just have this round and round conversation, the best thing for me is to just not talk to them at all because- Disengage. Yeah, completely disengage. For sure. Um, And what, what is your faith background? Do you practice any sort of faith or religion? So just like everybody else, you know, I was raised Catholic uh, or whatever we are raised as, right? You know, that's how I was- brought into this world catholic but i went to catholic school even i went to catholic elementary middle and high school and just like anybody else that goes to those i'm sure a lot of people that will listen to this or anybody else that we'd have this conversation with whenever you're kind of force-fed something and it doesn't necessarily jive or resonate with you and you're one to question it's not something where i believe in all of the beliefs so if i was to put myself or align myself anywhere i would say i'm more christian than anything else um, I'm not diehard Catholic, you know, by the book, um, just because I don't believe in all the values. I think, you know, there's some points that are missing the mark. You know, some of the things that people talk about in the, you know, gay marriage and all the other topics that people would not traditionally be Catholic for. I'm on board with that. I'm not gay myself, but like, who am I to judge you based on your happiness? If that makes you happy, go chase that. That's great. Yeah, love is love for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not here to pass judgment upon anybody for what makes them happy or what leads them to their why. You know, that that's out of my control. I can only judge my own self or my own path. For sure. And that's that's been something that I've like clung to lately is I, my own truth is is like my North Star. I, I don't care what anybody else tells me. Like I know that I myself have all the truth that I need inside of me. No, but I don't need anybody to tell me which way to go. I know which way to go if I listen to myself. If you're actually connected, you know the decisions you're supposed to make. Absolutely. And I don't believe that 
very many people have that confidence in themselves. I feel like they are, um, this is, I, I just said this the other day in a TikTok that religion is really good at focusing your, focusing you on the external instead of focusing you internally. Yes. Because it doesn't want you to know that you have as much power as you have yes. inside yourself. We want to blame externally everything that happens to us right. when actually it's happening internally. And yeah. that's a super big bummer to me that people don't understand their power. Yeah. And then they're, they're so affected by everybody else's opinion of them that they're just like waifs, just kind of like it being guided wherever everybody else is ushering them, like a pinball machine, like all over the place. Like they have no real purpose or, or direction or intention because they have no fucking idea what they actually believe. Mm -hmm. There's no stability in, in themselves. Right. That's why, you know, I'm, I've given it as little drippings of coaching tools and like mentorship to youth that I have mentored along the way for dental school because people have reached out about that. And that's something that I have been able to be a mentor for. But I'm going to give this in general for any just anybody now is what led me on to this topic is just like you said there, a lot of people in this world give cookie cutter answers or answers where they've we, just like we talked about in the beginning of this, like stuff that they've recited in their head for a long period of time. And something that they think is the right thing to say at the moment, not what they really feel, but they think is, oh, this is what I should say at this time. This is this, this is that. So I've been telling people, if you're ever in a situation where you're supposed to give your feedback or your insight on something, whether it's for an interview, whether it's somebody asking you questions, and there's a group of people around, and you're supposed to answer in whatever order, always go last. Because what I want you to do is I want you to listen how everybody around the room or the group is going to answer that question. Generally, about half of them are going to give a BS cookie cutter answer that sounds so staged, so recited. It's not really truly how they feel. It's just how they think they should be responding at that current moment because it's probably going to resonate with whomever is receiving that information. So I want like pinball machine, like you said, play a little pinball. Look at that person. Then look at the person that's supposed to be receiving. Look at how that answer is being received by that person that's taking and consuming that knowledge or information. They're bored. They know it's cookie cutter. It doesn't make any impact. They're disengaged. They're not really even paying attention fully. They're kind of getting lost in it or probably thinking to themselves, this is stupid. What are they saying? Or that's not how that person feels. I say always go last. And why do I say that? Number one, because I think being remembered is important. And you will be remembered if you're the last person to speak on something because you already have immediate authority. But the second thing is you can receive all of that information that's going around in the room and truly learn who your audience is because you see how that per the people that are consuming the content are absorbing that. But also, you get a feel for people in general. And maybe that's your five seconds to leave an impactful message as well. In those people that didn't have the courage or the balls, if you will, to answer it truthfully. And then you get to boom, knowledge bomb right there. This is how I feel. This is how it is. I'm not being a cookie cutter. I'm brave. So then also you might inspire some people along the way too to be like, oh, wow, okay. You can't actually speak your mind. Do you feel like you're encouraging them to be authentic? I think to a degree, yes. You're not going to encourage everybody. There's no way. Um, because I there's you heard it this past weekend at the con the conference, there's that 80-20 uh, rule, right? Where 80% of people are complacent, very happy in just doing okay, and they will never rise above. They're just very content in their 80, you know, mundane lifestyle, not rising above, just being okay, just living their everyday life, and they're probably never going to change. That's about 80% of the people. Then there's another 20% of the people that actively would like to change or like to be better, but they're lacking something. They're lacking a voice. They're lacking a medium. They're lacking somebody to tell them that this is how you should do it, a little push in the right direction. And within that 20%, then that breaks down to an even further 20% and 20% and 20% just going down the line of how willing people are to actually take action or do something. And so, yeah, I'm speaking to that 20% because that 80%, I'm never going to get through to. doesn't matter what I say, what I do, how much I push them. If I hold their hand, there's that saying, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't force them to drink. Mm -hmm. I can do anything and everything in my power to try to get somebody somewhere. They're never going to do it. And I have to be okay with that. I have to not take that to heart and not be like, oh, wow, why, you know, why can't I make somebody change? Some people just don't change. Yeah. 
I think that was something that I'm just learning. I mean, you're so far ahead of the curve being as young as you are, but at this age where, where I don't take responsibility for people's actions anymore, I, I, I feel like everybody has the same amount of power within them to make choices that are good for them. And I used to feel like it was my job to save everybody because yeah. I, I felt like I was strong enough to do it. I was, you know, I have the energy enough to do it. I have the, the grit, but people, people will change if they want to change. And most people are very content yeah. being just mediocre. Right. And by no means, I mean, I, I'm just learning this, right. And I'm, I'm, I every day I'm learning. I'll say, I won't say just learning. I am learning ing. I will never have learned or I am constantly learning and everything's constantly evolving and changing because I too, I'm not perfect. I don't think anybody's perfect. I think everybody's learning more along the way as they come along. And some things you have to relearn because what you thought was a truth or like a constant or this is how it is, somebody or some situation or something is going to throw a loop in that. You're going to be like, oh, wow, that's totally different than I thought it was. I'm just being as broad as I can on that. Um, so we're always constantly learning, constantly growing. And I think that's what I'm really focusing this next year and all the upcoming years thereafter on is... I'm not always going to be perfect. I'm just like you in that I thought for a long period of time I'm a saver and I'm supposed to save the world and save everybody and make everything better and heal the world. I'm not going to do that with everybody. If I do that with a couple people, I will have done something right. So my growth going forward is going to be focusing on trying to be the best version of myself every single day and realizing that I'm going to learn something every day, whether it's from somebody younger than me, somebody older than me, somebody my same age, somebody, my same religion, my same gender, whatever. I'm going to learn something somewhere along the way, whether that's from a mistake that I make, whether that's from somebody imparting some wisdom in me. I'm going to just keep learning and just realizing that I'm not always going to be perfect and I have to be okay with that. So do you have any tips for me as a 47-year-old woman who's trying to fuck up the patriarchy and you've listened to my content? I would love yeah. to hear your feedback on that. So it's funny you say that because somebody had asked me... Um, when I had mentioned that I was going to be on like a podcast like this, they were like, well, uh, they, they challenged me. It's a, a, a very important female in my life um, for one reason or another. Um, she's an amazing person. I've recently met her and she's good people. And so she posed a question to me of, well, how are you, what, what do you have to contribute to that? Or what's your response to that? Because like you are the patriarchy. So what's your response to that? So my response to that is I think the focus should be less about let's stop the patriarchy and the patriarchy and not create another matriarchy. Because I think if we focus too right. much on that, absolutely, we create absolutely. the opposite polar end of the problem. Like the Barbie movie. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I think if we focus too much on one direction, we move further away from solving sure. thing. We just create another sure. problem. So I sure. think the advice that I could only give is find people like, I hate to say myself, but I'm trying to say myself because I can only, again, speak for myself, that want to be part of the solution, not the problem. And if we are given enough of a platform or if we touch enough hearts along the way or if we impact enough people like us, so if I talk to enough men like myself that want to be part of the solution or people that are on that cusp, they're still in that 20%, but they need a little bit more of a platform. They need a little bit more of a push. They need a little bit more guidance find that group to then make the world a better place that's the overarching big concept right find sure. give enough people the proper platform enough voice all these other things to truly make a difference and make the world a better place in that regard um because again like if you solve a problem with another problem it's just problems so right. i don't think right. we create more problems i think all we chase is solutions and just focus on positivity because again there's always going to be problems in this world, always, regardless of what we want or what we do. And there's always going to be people, just like we said, that are in the 80% that are never going to cha change. So in regards to this, there are always going to be men that want to be completely domineering, treat women like garbage. But I'm going to look at it from the reverse. There are women that are just the exact same way. And their, whole, so purpose, their, their whole purpose is to so take, take down as many men as possible. I've encountered mm -hmm. them along the way. They're part of the reasons that I have the issues that I do with some oh, something. You don't get that vibe from me, do you? No. I, I really want a man hater. Yeah. <laughs> I really like men. Yeah. I think they have so much power. I just want them to like use it for good. 
Yes, absolutely. And use it to like bridge the gap, right? Yes, absolutely. Because like you said, we do have, I hate to say it, it's true. It it does exist for a reason. We do have to a degree in some capacity. Sometimes we have the upper hand. You know, if two people are looking for a, a, a similar position and you have an old man hiring, he's probably going to pick the guy versus the girl. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but for that's sure. sometimes, sometimes sure. the case. Or you have a lot of men that are trying to you know gain wisdom and gather things the first person they look to listen to is not a woman they're going to look to listen to another man because they feel like that's going to yeah. be the person that resonates more with them so we have to recognize that that we do have a certain degree of power to a degree and recognize our audience and rather than be on our platform and be like oh down with women treat them poorly treat them like dirt no we shouldn't be talking about that or champion people that are out there like um, oh my God, I like, I dislike him so much. I can't even remember his name, but like, there's that whole like society and philosophy out now about how you should treat your women and this and that. And it's like, it's terrible, terrible advice. And so many young men are like getting behind that trend. Um, that is terrible. It, it's not the way. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think of like, the guy. It, it's some influencer that's like trying to. Yeah. He's basically, back to... he's, he basically is very much so for the patriarchy i cannot think of his name he recently was arrested not too long ago um for some like human trafficking thing i can't remember his name again i dislike him that much so i i want that little to do with him but i i think i listen to people like that that i like wholeheartedly disagree with because i want to challenge myself and i right. want to if i'm ever in a conversation with people like that i want right. to be able to to be able to have compassion and empathy for their mm -hmm. Viewpoint. Oh yeah, for sure. That challenges me, mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to like regurgitate the same shit and just no. find people that we're like and stay in that group like that. Mm -hmm. That keeps us stagnant. Also, I think right. we have to constantly be changing our minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely. only as young as the last time you changed your mind. That's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I mean, there's the whole concept of nature versus nurture, right? Even these people, all of those people, probably at one period of time had pure intentions at one point or another. They had humble yeah. beginnings. They started out great for one reason or another in their nurture. Something went around. Yeah. People yeah. treated them poorly. Their parents treated them poorly. They were in a rough situation. They had a terrible mentor along the way that instilled in them terrible advice and wisdom of negativity. And now that's how they live their life. Or they had somebody treat them poorly. And now they're like, all, all people are bad. This is my new mantra and philosophy to put out into this world. And you can see how very easily people will be molded and shaped that way. I mean, I can only speak for myself and that I can see how because of negative treatment from women, I could have a negative view of women. If I was a lesser than, you know, in my head and in my, my self-confidence and in my, you know, convictions and morals, I could very easily toe the line with that and be like, oh, all women are this way. I'm not going to even give them my time. I'm going to disregard them. I won't listen to their opinions, yada, 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 all that stuff because they're not going to listen to mine. So you can very easily fall victim to that and fall into that mentality if you, number one, surround yourself with like-minded people like that. I'll speak this because this is something that's super important to me is my grandfather is my greatest mentor and one of my the most intelligent people I ever met in my, my life, that he said something really profound that I'm only truly grasping now that he's gone, is he said a concept of see your friends, see yourself. Um, and it's very truly, and it's very powerful when you break that down of, you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of Debbie Downers. You yourself are probably That's going to either true. become a Debbie Downer or are one. Sure. Or if you surround sure. yourself with terrible people, you're going to be probably a terrible person. Um, For sure. So check your audience or check who you're hanging out with or you're associating with because people will bring you down too. Um, and people will also bring you up. So if you're with people that are trying to build you up or foster positivity or foster a better mindset about things, you're probably going to take the moral high road as well. Right. I just said that on TikTok that 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 we all have like energetic levels, right? We're we're all like on whatever vibration. I don't know if you believe that, but I yeah. I believe we're made up of energy. Absolutely. And every romantic relationship I've been in has been with someone that was not vibrating at my level. Yeah. So it made every ever every sense. I can't form the words but it made sense that I would walk away from that because I'm like I'm unequally yoked I know that you're not like my person for whatever reason and no offense to you but 
I'm like going places. I'm like progressively moving up every day to like who I want to become. And if you don't surround yourself with people like that, that are either pulling you up, I don't know that you could pull people up actually, but being around people that inspire you to greatness yes. is, is key to me. Oh, absolutely. No, I think and that includes like people that have money. Like I want to surround myself with people that are wealthy because I want to be that someday. I don't think that's sick. I think it's like, I, I want that. And that who you hang out with is who you become. Oh, absolutely. I'm about to truly start to put together. It's something that I'm very passionate on. It's something that I spoke about at the conference is mentorship. Because I think mentorship is a two-way street. Yes, you need a great mentor. But if you are to have a great mentor, you also need to be a good mentee. You need to be a, a good other side of it because any mentor... Is that mentor, a word? Mentee, yes. Mentee is the person that studies okay. under the... <laughs> yeah. It's oh. not mentee like mentee gum? No, okay. no, mentee. M-E-N-T-E. <laughs> mentee. Okay. Okay, you're, whatever. You're I believe be you. a good mentee, it's just like a romantic relationship or a friendship. You have to be an equal yeah. partner in that. You have to both yeah. be able to give into the situation. So I'm about to break this down in a coaching, but I've recently broken down the word mentor into the letters. It's an acronym as well. So mentor, M. You need to motivate. You need to motivate that person that you are, you know, pushing. Did along. you come up with this on your own? I did. I did. Oh, okay. Okay. E, Proceed. You need, e, you need to empower. You need to empower that person in any shape of the word. Empower them. Of course, all positively. N, nurture. You need to take care of them or help them take care of themselves. P, you need to teach them something because the whole point in this is they're supposed to be better and learn things. So you need to teach them things. However, that's the first part. So if you're the mentor, honestly, you get the brunt of it. That's 60%, right? That's six right there. You have, you have six letters. Four of them were dedicated to things you're doing. Now you need to do two other things where you're helping them. You need to, oh, observe. You need to listen. Part of observing is listening. You need to look at them. What do they need? You need to be mindful of how can I help to make this better for them? How, what can I do to take a step back and become better? And R, the last one, you need to receive. You need to receive any feedback that they're going to give you about how you can be better. You need to receive gratitude that they're expressing to you for your help and your mentorship along the way. And you also need to receive the energy around this universe around you that's negative and take that and package it into something positive to make this a better relationship for everybody. Okay, I like it. And don't you think there's like your your relationship like with other people that you're mentoring? Right. Should be like, I don't know, not people that you hang out with all the time, right? right. I find it exhausting to be with people that I'm always like encouraging to do better. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of exhausting. It's, it's, so I don't know. Do you put that in like a category of 5% of my day goes to mentoring other people? You know, I think, that I think fair? you know, I think that's fair, but I think, I think that would be shortchanging either some people or myself. Because some people I could give one little sentence to and be like, this is what you need to do or this is how you can be better. And they're like, oh, yeah, thank you for that. I got it. That's like really great, insightful advice. Thank you so much. That made my day. Other people that you need to just sit there and let them ramble for a little bit of time. And honestly, they sometimes will lead their own selves into the answer. Um, a good way uh, good way to put it into perspective is sometimes... Um, Co-discovery is a good term for that. You can kind of facilitate and guide them along the way, but eventually they're the ones that are finding out the answer, the solution without you telling them. You point, you painted the picture and kind of put some talking points and push them in the right direction, but ultimately they're the ones. We use that in dentistry and we use that in healthcare. Co-discovery, to have the patient or the mentee or whomever is learning be the person that ultimately is like, oh, that's why or that's the right answer that's the thing because then if they themselves discovered it or figured it out they're more than likely to either do it make the change do it because if you tell them to do something you know just how it is in life you have kids you tell some people to do something especially your kids sometimes 
they're not going to listen. They're not going to do it. That's very but, true. But if they see the value in it themselves and they figure it out, they're more apt to be like, oh my gosh, I got to yep. do this. Yep. Like I, I'm trying to, to instill in my boys to be off their phones more because they're just right. like this when they're home. Right. And I don't, I don't want to enforce the rule. I want them to come to that conclusion on their own that, hey, I actually feel better when I do other shit as right. opposed to just stay on my phone. Um, because then I know it's going to be lasting change. It's not like a rule that mom is enforcing. It's something that actually benefits them. Right. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to get them to understand that. But yeah, it takes time. Okay. This was such a fascinating, it was a fascinating conversation. I knew it would be. So yeah. thank you so much. You're so welcome. Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk about this stuff because I, the biggest thing for me is I have learned so much about myself and I've learned so much about people and I've learned so much about how I can make myself and make other people better by having these yep. conversations with people that I stereotypically outside looking in would probably never have a deep conversation with. Yeah. Yep. And I think I, I'm all about the collective. When we heal ourselves, we heal people around us. Yes. So I, and that's what you're doing. Very obvious. It's very obvious to me. So high five. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. I think you. it will be great. My pleasure. I agree. All right. Bye, Cole. Bye.